welcome everybody here this morning. I want to thank uh, some of the young men who stepped up. We have some absences, so I want to thank some of you young men and Johnny for uh, stepping up this morning. <laughs> Love um, this week, we're, uh, we're continuing our ongoing discussion about transformation. And I want to take just a minute as we, as we get started here to reset uh, kind of what we mean by that and why we're talking about it. Uh, a few weeks ago, we read Romans 12, and Romans 12 calls us not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. As Christians, we believe that our faith is not just something we do on Sundays. We believe it has to be more than that. Uh, Ephesians 4, scriptures tells us that uh, we have to put off our old self, and, and Paul writes extensively about changing who you are, that you have to put on a new self, that when you become in Christ, you become a new person, a new being, that your former manner of life was corrupt. He says it was full of deceitful desires, and that we are to be renewed by the spirit of our minds through the Holy Spirit. We believe our faith should not just be a box we check when we're filling out the demographic survey as you're going down. Male, Caucasian, American, Christian. It has to be more than that. It can't just be what we do on Sundays. It has to be a part of who we are. It has to be a part of a lifestyle. And as the Bible also tells us, we must die to our sins so that we live, that we may live in Christ. And those two things really go hand in hand. In order to fully live in Christ, you have to be willing to die to your old self. You have to be willing to be transformed. So the scripture I want to highlight this morning is actually in Hebrews 12. So as you start turning there, uh, uh, like I said, we'll be talking about the process of transformation. And this process, like any process, requires discipline. Whether you're building a house or raising goats, you have to have discipline if you want to succeed. You, I cannot wake up tomorrow, decide I'm going to build a house, and be done. You've got to wake up day after day, be willing to do it when it's sunny, be willing to do it when it's rainy, willing to do it when it's cold, willing to do it when it's hot. It takes several days in a row of saying, I'm going to get up, I'm going to plan this much, and I'm going to do this much to accomplish my ultimate goal. That's discipline. If you want to succeed, you have to plan. And you have to execute a small part of that over and over. You've got to build correct habits. You have to maintain a correct attitude. I, uh, it's, not, it's not something that you're just going to do if you only work on it when you want to. And I, I don't know about you guys, but pretty much for as long as I've had a garage, I've had a half project sitting in that garage. And it's missing half the stuff on it because I cleaned out the garage four different times, but it's still sitting over there because I'm like, I'll work on it when I want to. Doesn't get you very far. Well, our spiritual walk, our spiritual relationships is no different. It requires discipline, and God's Word calls us to be spiritually disciplined. If you want to be transformed, as we are called to be, we have to be disciplined. So as I said, turn, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews 12. And uh, really, if, if, you, if you read nothing else this week, if, if you're someone who struggles with regular Bible reading, I would really encourage you to at least read the rest of this chapter in Hebrews 12. Uh, we will be highlighting a few verses, uh, but the entire chapter really does a very good job of talking about spiritual discipline. Um, and you'll notice that scripture reading in general is something that kind of comes up a lot in a lot of my messages, but I think I really cannot overstate just how much the, the simple reading of God's word, of, of taking a few seconds out of your day, to, outside of a Sunday, outside of a Wednesday, outside of this very formal, 
corporate worship setting, just kind of reflect on God's word. I cannot overstate how much that will really strengthen your faith. Um, there's a lot of different things we can do throughout the week that can strengthen our faith as Christians, but far and away the easiest is just taking a few minutes, read and reflect on God's word. So I really encourage y'all to do that this week. As I said, our, our reading from Hebrews 12, <clears throat> I'm going to start reading in uh, verse 7. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. So as I said, uh, we're going to be talking about spiritual discipline this morning. And there's really two things we can mean when we talk about spiritual discipline. There's the discipline that comes from God and the discipline that we have to have for ourselves. It's the kind of thing we, we mean when we're talking about being disciplined. It has to come from within. Well, the, the chapter here uh, talks about both, and we'll eventually get to those, but this, this first part in 7 and 8 is talking about the discipline that comes from God. It says that discipline comes from God, not because he wants us to be unhappy or because he wants us to suffer, but rather it comes from him because he is treating us as sons. In fact, the scripture goes so far to say that if he did not discipline us, we would be illegitimate children of God. And, and I, I really enjoy the comparison presented here because I, I remember as a, a child always envying one of my young friends whose who's dad, because his mom wasn't around, and his dad kind of let him do whatever he wanted. And as a kid, and I mean a young kid, uh, I always had to be inside. If we were going running around the street of the neighborhood, I had to be inside by dark. His parents didn't care. If we were out riding our bikes on the weekend, I could only go from, you know, the, the park or in this neighborhood over here. But again, his parents didn't care. He'd go across town, go to the gas station, get some candy. You know, what he'd do whatever he wanted. And it, as a kid, I always, I always envied that. So like, I want to be able to do whatever I want. So that's what you want to do when you're a kid. Um, but, but as we got older... Um, the kid who got to do whatever he wanted became a teenager who decided he could do whatever he wanted. And not only did he have some personal issues, but he grew to have a lot of issues with his dad. Um, he grew to have a lot of issues with his dad. Because as we got older, I started to realize his dad wasn't cool and fun and, you know, just wanted his kid to have a whole bunch. His dad didn't care. He didn't really have a relationship with his dad because he grew to realize that his dad didn't care. The more time his kid spent out of the house, the more time he had to himself. He didn't care what he did. Parents who love their kids discipline their kids. It's really that simple. The Bible tells us that unlike my friend and his father, God cares about us as his children very much. He cares about us as his children very deeply. And as I said, verse 8 even says, if he did not discipline us, then we would be as illegitimate children. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children. I mean, the fact, anyone who's been a part of a family, whether parent or child, knows what I'm talking about. That no, no parent who loves their child lets them do whatever they want. A parent who lets their child do whatever they want, they don't love them. They don't, they don't care about them. As I said, the, fir the first kind of spiritual discipline is that which comes from God. And it's the discipline we are called to endure as children of God. Not because he wants us to struggle or because he wants us to suffer, but rather because he loves us. <clears throat> 
again, kind of reminded of a story from my childhood. I remember one of the one of the angriest my, my dad had ever been uh, with me is when we were staying with some family members who lived a bit more in the city, and they lived right off a busy road. And I did the classic thing when you're playing in the front yard with the ball, the ball runs out to the street, and you just dart on after it. And I remember he came storming out of the house, grabbed me up off the ground, and I was not that small at that age. And I just remember him getting really in my face and getting really angry with me. And as a kid, you, you're always kind of struck by that. You're like, I don't understand. I just wanted the ball. But as an adult, it's because he cared about me. It's because he wanted me to be safe. It's because he wanted to protect me. The discipline comes from love. We are called to be God's children, and God loves all of his children. A part of that love is discipline. If, if we are willing to be transformed as Christians, we need to be willing to endure God's discipline. He wants us to be transformed. He wants us to realize our full potential and to complete the work that he has called us to do. Let's continue, uh, as I said, reading out of Hebrews 12. And I'm actually going to skim down to, uh, to verse 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Again, going go to the comparison of the, the adult and the young child, no children, at least that I know, whether it's grounding, getting whooping, or just losing uh, certain privileges, no child enjoys discipline. Not, again, not, not that I've seen. Um, but when you become an adult is when you realize it, it is that discipline that made you the adult you are. It's what teaches you that, that actions have consequences, that are certain things that are safe and things that are unsafe, what is, what is correct and acceptable behavior and what is not. And without that discipline, you do not become an adult. Well, the comparison here spiritually, or the spiritual discipline that we receive from God, is, as the Bible says, the peaceful fruit of righteousness. An important part of any process of any complete transformation is the willingness to endure discipline. Sometimes, discipline is from God because of his love for us and of his desire for us to be more like him, to be holy, to be righteous. As I introduced in the beginning, the, the second kind of spiritual discipline has to come from ourselves. Let's keep reading from Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm going to continue just in verse 12. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The, writers, the writer starts off with this, this phrase, make straight paths for your feet. And I had to think about that one a little bit because it's the, the other commands are a little bit easier to understand. When he, when he talks about just encouraging us and sort of lift yourself up by your bootstraps, I, I get that. And he said, make straight paths for your feet. When I kind of thought about that, I, I almost see him as saying, do what it takes to make it easier to do what is right. And, and I know that's kind of a, kind of a strange-sounding sentence, so I'll say it again, and we'll get to a couple of examples. But I think we need to do what it takes to make it easier to do what is right. Don't set yourself up for failure. If there are habits... Uh, vices or, or things or temptations in your life that control you, that you know you struggle with, don't allow and don't welcome, don't bring in those temptations into your home, into your life, into your sphere of influence. Jesus put it very simply on the Sermon on the Mount. 
If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. If your left hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. If I'm someone, for example, who struggles with alcohol, even if I'm not drinking, I don't need to be spending my time with my buddies and my work friends at a bar. Because if I put myself in that position, that could be a hard decision for me to make. But it's an easier decision for me just not to go there. For me to avoid that temptation entirely. To make straight paths for my feet, as the writer puts it. Another, another thing I think of is if I'm, if I'm already struggling to be a spiritual leader in my household, maybe I should reconsider signing up for events that are busy on Sunday and Wednesday nights. If I'm already struggling to make time for the Lord and, and for uh, any sort of family devotion, maybe I need to be careful about what my priorities are in my life. Most of the time, the truth is, nobody knows what you're struggling with spiritually better than you. Nobody. You have got to be disciplined. You have got to be willing to learn and to understand what it takes for you to be a successful Christian. Um, yeah, I'll tell you a big one for me. Um, for as long as I've been a Christian, truthfully, I, I have always struggled with my language. My first couple jobs when I was in high school, when I was out of high school, was at a kitchen in the back of a restaurant in a mechanic shop. And anyone who's been too much in those places tell you that between that and the average high school kid in the area I grew up in, it's just I was always around people who were using terrible language, and thus I kind of I picked up on that. It was very hard for me to be disciplined about my language for a long time because I was spending time with people who were not disciplined about their language. But when I started to switch out some of the people that were in my friend group and I started to reevaluate who it was I spent my time with, not only did my language get better, but it got easier to get better. And, and you know, I, as I said, I, I always kind of thought that it just kind of came with the territory when it comes to working in a mechanic shop. But truthfully, if you get around three or four other like-minded Christians in a shop, it's pretty easy to be disciplined about your language. It is. And I promise you, it hurts just as bad when the wrench slips and you punch your hand into an engine block when Christians are around you as when they're not. But you handle it differently. You have to. That's what it means to be disciplined. When you spend your time with other Christians and other people that are going to hold you accountable, it's a lot easier to do the right thing. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33 tells us, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor as is right, and do not go on sinning. For some of us, being spiritually disciplined is going to require a reevaluation of our friend circles. It's going to require a reevaluation of our priorities in our life and in our household. But we have to set ourselves up for success spiritually. I've got another more lighthearted example, and then we'll move on. Um, I have completely stopped buying ice cream from the store. Because, and I'm serious, because if I go out and buy a gallon of Bluebell ice cream, a whole gallon, on Friday night, it will be gone before Sunday morning. I will eat that in one or two sittings. If there's ice cream in my freezer, it is gone in about 24 hours. I, I do not have the self-control and the self I try to eat relatively healthy. I do not have the self-control to not eat ice cream if it is in my freezer. But, do have the self-control to not buy ice cream when I'm at the store, mainly because I'm cheap. I don't like spending money on ice cream. But if you spend money on ice cream, it's really good. Um, so that's the, yeah, I, I have to recognize I don't have the self-control to not eat if it's in my house. 
But when I go to the store, unless I'm buying frozen pizza, I don't even go into the freezer section. If I see it, I'm going to want it. If I buy it, I'm going to eat it. But I know what I can't handle, I know what I can handle, and I know what I can't. So i got a plan around that. The Hebrews writer tells us, lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet. We need to do what it takes to make it easier to do what is right. You and I as Christians, we need to practice spiritual discipline. In order to be transformed, in order to allow God to do his work within us, we need to be spiritually disciplined. But we also understand that sometimes we falter. Sometimes we stumble. Sometimes we need the help of our brothers and our sisters. I think if we are willing to be honest with ourselves, we've all been there. We've all needed the prayers of the church, the support of the church, the, the people to rally around us in order to help us with our lives. If you're at that point in your life, if you are needing the prayers of the church, if you, if you need the support of the church and you want us to rally around you, you come to the right place, now is the right time. We ask that you come forward at this time while we stand in our invitation. <laughs>